A few months ago, I started writing Medium articles, and I honestly found it's a really cool place to document the things that I'm learning and researching about throughout every month that basically tracks all of the ideas that you've written about, how long the article takes to read, how many people opened it, how many people read it, how many people really enjoyed it, and you can leave comments directly on the article themselves. And so I had my first successful article about two months into having my account. I wrote it on December 3rd. Since then, it's been viewed 1.5 thousand times. And the reason for this is that it got distributed by curators in history, future, and technology channels where readers can discover different people's thoughts about ranging ideas throughout all of those ideas and any idea that you could imagine. Really, when you publish your articles, you choose five channels that you want to feature your article in potentially. And so my article was about the fourth industrial revolution. And it's actually awesome to me that this is the article that got the most exposure because it's one that I put the most time into. It's about a 10 minute read and I talk about a lot of technologies that have the potential to change the way that the world works in the future. And so throughout this podcast, I'm going to dive into some of the ideas that I talked about in the article, but also express some new ideas that I didn't really have the time to write. So if you do have any questions or ideas that you want to add to these, you can reach out to me at Patrick Sapanik on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Medium, or any platform that you're on. Given that I was writing about the fourth industrial revolution, I kind of wanted to cover some of the early ones a little bit. For those that aren't familiar, the first was in the United Kingdom in the early 19th and late 18th century. And so what happened was machinery and intellectual property from the vast nation of the UK at the time was spreading throughout the world. But specifically in the UK, they were the most powerful economy for a while as a result of this. And once the knowledge hit Belgium, it was all throughout Europe and it just flashed all of the world with different ideas and players in major fields that hadn't really existed before. Um, and countries kind of adopted these at very different rates, dependent on the transfer of information, the ability to actually adapt to the infrastructure. Remind you, it was really expensive to establish this. So when we think about how transporting information has changed, it was going so much slower in the past. So ideas have began traveling faster and this is as a result of the technologies that are being created during the revolutions and so an example that i used in my article is the telegraph something that used to be fundamental to the way that people communicated without it history would be different but it is pretty useless today because of the things that we've created that have just made information or made value move faster and so this is something that we are going to see at an insane scale in the coming centuries. And so the massive infrastructure in China and India during the 20th century make you think, wow, what would we be capable of if the entire world were to work together? So during the same time, there was kind of like a new revolution that was underway. And it was as a result of the industrial experimentation that was going on and so much more scientific knowledge from the time period 
metals became a very, very fundamental part of the world and the way that things operate. Also, the assembly line and computers both started to definitely kind of guide us in the direction of the data-driven future that we're in today. And so by looking at all of that and thinking, hmm, well, how are things changing over time? Humans have began to become faster. Everything that we do takes less time, which allows us to do more. And so when we think traveling to other planets, I think that becomes easier as a result of all of the things that we're doing to make that possible. The next change that we see in the way that the world works is kind of the methodology behind financing. So who are the major players? Who are the scaled banks that are in every country around the world? And how is that infrastructure popping up when we were bartering for materials hundreds of years ago and now these financial institutions are some of the most powerful organizations that are world changing all around the world? Where does that come from? And so companies even began selling shares of their own companies to employees at other companies for funding to continue large projects. And so this led to a massive pocket of wealth, especially we see old money on the East Coast because people had been there so long, they had built the connections and they had human capital available to them to create the massive projects that we know. And uh, the epicenter of the financial markets, uh, especially following World War II, uh, was primarily New York, where we see the major stock exchanges of the world. And so when we think fundamentally, how are we trading back and forth and how does that affect the way that things are? When you used to buy a stock, you would call someone and then you would order, let's say, 100 shares and they would charge you a ridiculous rate of, let's say, two, $300. That was an very uncommon back then. Now with Robinhood, you can log in and buy one $5 share and it's immediately in your account. So the things have just accelerated in every aspect of how control of operations of business works. And um, there is a bit of gray area between the separation of the third and fourth revolution as a result of this because things are moving at such a rate it's difficult to kind of say when they are changing. But the massive difference that we see is that machines are being used during the third but are controlled by algorithms with limits on them in the fourth. And so um, the systematic change that we are going to see with the tools of tomorrow is that they will think for themselves and continuously improve. And right now, a lot of the things that businesses are doing involve human operation. I think this is very much so subject to change. And it's one of the concerns of artificial intelligence because that artificial life will become more powerful and influential than humans are in the world and around the environment. So that being said, whether it's a good or bad thing, I think the, good, the upside definitely is incredibly favorable. There's obviously terrible things that could come of that. But what we know is that the rate that technologies are being developed is skyrocketing. And so when we think of the benefits of that, what type of technologies are going to be in the fourth industrial revolution?
In my eyes, the world-changing technologies that will forever change the way that people live are artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, quantum computing, the Internet of Things, 5G wireless network, 3D printing, autonomous vehicles, and agile robotics. These are the fundamental characteristics of the fourth industrial revolution, and they are the changes that I think we are going to see that will alter the course of history forever. And it will be during our lifetime. And so a lot of the positive things that humans have not been capable of in the past, we will be able to achieve as a result of these technologies. And that is something to be excited about. And once we discover how to safely create a world of thinking machines, it will enable us to explore other planets, learn more about ourselves, and we'll be able to sustain, sustain a lot more artists and teachers and creatives as well as hopefully uh, preserving as much of Earth as possible by utilizing the resources on other planets. And um, so throughout the rest of this podcast, I'm kind of going to talk about each of those individually and what their potential is in changing the way that the world works and helping people around the world. But I hope that all of these technologies and all of the technologies that we create in the future as a race of people can benefit the future of humanity. And I mean that in the sense that the creations of our greatest thinkers should be tools that help to improve people's lives. Artificial intelligence is something that a lot of people have been talking about as something that we will accept as a future technology. And it's often confused with machine learning. And they're relatively similar in terms of the topic that they cover, but they have different implica like implications on the world and how it would affect the way that we live. And so AI is basically a replica of human action, allowing us to replace our human actions with that of a machine. Devices are going to be able to be programmed in planning languages, image processing, learning and other activities performed by the human brain in our society today. And the two forms of AI are weak and general AI. Weak being predefined, understood tasks. Something that could be relatively easily done by a child possibly and able to consistently perform the easier tasks on a regulated basis. General AI, on the other hand, is sort of like a characteristic of human intelligence where it is also able to pick up things over time. The only difference is you can make the computational speed of a computer much faster than a human uh, with enough programming work. Uh, machine learning is the ability of our tools to continuously evolve, continue to grow on their own based on their programming. And this is the most intriguing to me, at least. Obviously, it's a dangerous portion given that modern sciences really don't know the full extent of the consequences that might come of a bad mistake if something were to go wrong. But there is a possibility that we create the machines that make our species even more powerful, free and enabled to do more than we could have ever imagined. And so the skills that we'll be able to achieve with either of these is going to rapidly change the way that businesses work. Um, the data that we will be actionable with, the data that we will be able to use, the things that we will be able to collect, the information that we'll be able to synthesize and apply to the things that we do to make our lives easier and more efficient are all going to be as a result of artificial intelligence tools. Right now, 
the interface for artificial intelligence is very programmer heavy. There aren't many tools that make it easy for someone to have inputs that could help them test the data that they have. For the most part, you have to be a very, very talented programmer to utilize the technologies that AI and machine learning offer. Now, this isn't entirely true. There definitely are business tools that utilize it. But from a hands-on perspective, changing all of the inputs of the way that the computer works will become something that I think a lot more people will understand how to do. And so artificial intelligence of everything that I will cover in the fourth industrial revolution, I genuinely think has the most potential, potential to change the way that businesses and people live and work. And honestly, uh, of every technological change that has come from any of these revolutions it's the most groundbreaking because it's the first one that is not human and that's really what's crazy about it is that everything was very human related and granted humans create computers but this is a mind of its own thinking for itself making decisions that could uh, hopefully positively impact the future generations of earth Nanotechnology is the manipulation of atoms to create reactions that would seem impossible with the base materials, but by changing the way that the atoms are structured, you're able to create insane change. And so it's been featured in sci-fi media yet. Um, we're still not really sure of what the scope of nanotechnology could eventually become once we integrate it with all of the other technologies and softwares of this time period. But what is certain is that those types of technologies will be integrated throughout our lives. And it will enable us to do more with science in that um, the extent that we will be able to 3D print things will completely change. We right now are using specific materials. Let's say we can discover more materials in the future and then apply nanotechnology to that. It's insane what we would be able to change and what we would be able to create from nothing. Books have long predicted our ability to create anything we desire on demand. The only thing that's changed is that it's no longer a futuristic idea, it's actually happening in the world around us. And although we kind of have not made it necessarily an ability to construct items out of any material that we would like, it's on its way to being able to create anything you could possibly imagine for your home. And I think that would radically change the speed at which people are changing and the tools that we'd be able to present to people. And so, you know, within the world of 3D printing, there's additive manufacturing and that began to, like, to develop during the early 2000s. And so that is the idea that we can combine multiple materials to make a diverse final product. And so this is what we've seen primarily with silicone is the base, uh, but the idea is that in the future we'll be able to use a lot different materials to create different types of tools. And so this process will not only allow people to create all of the products we know today, but given the speed of the production, we will be able to make new innovations that we could not have imagined with our current levels of production and technology simply based off our ability to create anything. And so much of what we know about manufacturing in 2018 is subject to change as a direct result of 3D printing.
One of the changes that will be in the background of this fourth industrial revolution that will be essential to the creation of all the other parts of the revolution is quantum computing. It's one of the most fundamental changes that we'll see in the way that the world works and that we integrate with technology. And so basically it is the concept that rather than computers using binary to solve problems, they're going to be able to simplify very complex problems by providing users with actionable information about the data that they're collecting. And this means that our computers will work for us rather than us having to know the inputs of every scenario. This also is very telling of how much more data is going to be extracted from everyday situations. And anything that can help someone make their life better will be tracked and utilized. And it is all integral to the fourth industrial revolution and that quantum computing is the core of it. Many of the technologies are derived entirely out of the idea that quantum computing will continue to develop more and that we will learn more about ways to use it. You know, it sounds too futuristic, the idea that people will be able to interact with all the devices in their home. It honestly sounds foreign. And the convenience of the Internet of Things revolution is going to make the tools that we use more intelligent and fit to our needs in a way that we have no way of comprehending in 2018. In the years to come, IoT could imply the creation of houses without having to strike ground physically. And so the most well-known concepts involving IoT are related to smart home technologies. And these implementations are going to reduce energy use massively around the world and provide people with a convenience that we're just not familiar with in this day and age. And um, this will also enable voice technology, uh, along with the use of smart devices, to allow you to literally create a conversation with your house. Um, an interactive conversation where you can turn all the lights off, you can change the music in the rooms around you, you know, and as people age, the value of it definitely shifts, where elderly residents will be able to feel much safer in their retirement homes. They can interact with their physicians and medical assistants by speaking with their house rather than having to keep track of their phone. And um, those with mobility issues will be able to live in a much more comfortable manner than they are able to in this day and age based off the tools that will be provided to them. And the IoT revolution extends out to the commercial industry where it will face massive change, where um, doctors will be able to have conversations with their patients remotely and find recordings of all their past health data for all of their patients, which is not something that we have implemented today. And this will reduce manual mistakes and diagnosis and also allow doctors to have more actionable data when making health decisions for their patients. And so, you know, in the event of an emergency, people are going to be able to contact emergency services much easier. For people who are injured and not mobile, they can now speak up in their home or hospital room to bring attention to medical professionals, which researchers in the scientific field are going to be able to communicate with their devices rather than having to manually operate them. So the communication boundary is entirely eliminated and uh, the access to information for health professionals is honestly faster than we've ever seen as a result of this technology. And the dynamic of all of these changes will feed into each other, changing the health field forever and the things that we will be able to do for other people. Um, all of these changes have an insane number of industries that they apply to. And when we think about automobiles, 
it has the potential to both save lives and energy in the sense that cars are going to be able to communicate with each other to avoid accidents and dangerous situations in a way that we simply can't understand with the manual cars of today. Um, you know, traffic is going to be reduced massively because automobiles will map out the road together rather than the manual free-for-all that we have in today's highways. It will be something orchestrated by technology where each of the vehicles is a point on a map and we'll know the distance between each of them from each other. And so finding parking will no longer be something people have to think about. Every free parking spot is going to be mapped out and tolls are going to be completely automated, saving so much time for highway passengers and the energy of just stopping cars in the middle of a highway. Businesses are going to reduce costs to ship because routes will be perfectly mapped out based on the transportation network of the region and the world. Um, wherever the package is going, they'll know the infrastructure behind all of the shipping methods in every place around the world, allowing us to make smarter shipping decisions than we currently are. And so as machine learning totally delves into the topic, there are going to be changes in the automotive industry that we cannot even understand. And so when we think about you know manufacturing in general, that's subject to so much value creation. Managers are going to be able to control their entire factory from their computer, with centers allowing them to capture more data than has ever been possible. It would be so much easier to test things than we could have ever imagined. And all of the processes of business will have actionable data to help you make better decisions. And so from production to logistics to sale, uh, sales in every process, you can map out all of the things that you're doing to be as efficient as possible. And so all digital control systems throughout your entire business will allow you to optimize production in every possible aspect you can imagine. And so when we think about our current time period, what we don't realize is that temperature, rainfall, humidity, wind speed, and soil content are not being monitored as heavily as they should. And so that's where all of these factors play a role in the success of growing seasons and by tracking and using this data, we are going to be able to find more people who are going to be able to help us uh, find the future that we know that we're capable of. And so farmers are going to change from general speculation to actionable decisions based on the realities of the area that they're planting. Um, and by utilizing machine learning, farmers are going to make decisions that are going to change the way that we operate forever. And the only problem is that the data hasn't been entered in to discover it quite yet because IoT and farming hasn't developed nearly to where it will in the future. But I imagine that to be a point where we have so much more knowledge about how growing food works that we'll be able to feed more people and hopefully cut back on starvation as a result of these technologies. So the infrastructure of the world is going to massively change from IoT. When you think IoT, basically what this is, is the network of technologies that are working together to be as knowledgeable as possible. All of the things that humans are doing, we are going to be able to track and learn about so that future generations can have a better life than us. Or at least that's the idea behind it. wanted to make this its own little episode because I think it's such an important aspect of IoT, but it's sort of on a different end. These devices that we are going to install, the sensors that we're going to put in our factories are also going to manage the wildlife that we have walking around the planet. 
the natural habitats that we can imagine that were once here could potentially come back as a result of these technologies. By tracking the water, the soil, the air, we're going to be able to have so many understandings of the world around us that we don't have in 2018. And wildlife tracking will enable us to preserve species that are endangered and redevelop lost populations of animals around the world, as well as to protect the water and soil and air of the planet, which is so essential to life. Um, so these devices, uh, although they might be looked at as evil in some aspect, like there are bad implications of IoT existing. Obviously, every technology has its vice, but what we can also create is a complete understanding of the world around us in a way that will enable us to protect all of the things that were once here before humans were around and do a lot more interesting things with the technologies that we're creating. Our ability to interact has slowly been accelerating over time. During this revolution, the changes we are going to see is the fifth generation of cellular communications. Devices are going to be able to speak incredibly fast to each other with very little latency. And essentially what that means is that the time it takes for a device to send a message to another device is going to be cut back more than we could even comprehend in this age. And so this will mean that games will run seamlessly on phones, interacting with other countries simultaneously, while robots will have the intellect to work in a factory environment and self-driving cars are going to be safe enough to be on the road. Um, so as you can see, a lot of these technologies are interweaving. Like It's not like a chicken or the egg situation and just sort of come out together and um, they commingle and have synergies where there are discoveries in one that help the other. That's sort of the character of how these revolutions uh, are happening because you see um, the base of all of these changes is very, very large. There are a few discoveries that sort of start them and then slowly over time in each different area of the discovery, more different things are learned. So in the same way that 3D printing is amazing as a result of quantum computing, quantum computing also affects the fifth generation of cellular communications as well as our ability to have autonomous vehicles because as I said the latency is being cut back of our communications which means devices are going to be able to talk to each other faster, cars will know where other cars are on the road and all of the technologies that that will create we don't understand because of how many things that would change. The next wave of change comes from the automotive field and this is going to be autonomous vehicles. It's something that I think there's been a lot of confusion around. The main statistic that you will hear is that the idea of 90% of car accidents being caused by human error. I think if we create cars that are driven by themselves, that we do have the potential to only have 10% of the accidents that we have now and hopefully less than that once we can cut back on systematic error. But it's very, very dangerous to drive on today's roads. It's uh, something that kills a lot of people who did nothing wrong, uh, who are just driving down the street. 
and someone else kills them outside of their own will. It is completely out of their control. There is nothing that they could have done. And this is very preventable, and that is why autonomous vehicles are exciting to me. And yes, they're not at the stage that they will need to be in order to protect people's lives. But I think when they're at that point, we're going to need to make the switch because not only that, but we're going to be able to have our speed limits be a lot faster because we'll know all of the cars, where they are and how fast they're going, the distance between each of them. Uh, so people will get places faster, spend more time with the people that they value. That's why I think autonomous vehicles are going to be an amazing technology. Um, but we're not quite at the point where they're implemented everywhere. But, I mean, this effect coupled with the newly developed IoT cities that we're going to have are going to make cities so much safer and reliable to live in. One aspect of this revolution that I think is not actually talked about as much as it should be, um, only because it's talked about in a lot of different other areas, is social media. And not in the sense that you imagine it today, but only in the sense that in the past when you wanted to talk to somebody, uh, let's say you knew them, but uh, they moved somewhere else across the country a hundred years ago, there was no possible way that you would ever reach them. Now you can reach out through the internet, find them, send a message and connect with anyone and never lose track of them ever again. And so, you know, the resources that we have around us to stay in contact with the people that we care about is tremendous. And I think during the age of social media, a lot of people will learn how to express themselves in very interesting ways. Uh, you can reach anyone around the world instantaneously. Uh, I think the increased knowledge of what's going on around the world is going to make people more informed about geopolitical decisions. They'll be able to hear perspectives about people from stories in that country, in their language, which is not something we have today. There's not a lot of direct communication from us to people in other places around the world. And slowly over time, people are going to realize that we're capable of a lot working together and that achieving things that uh, we really could never imagine are very much so possible by working together rather than kind of coexisting but competing in the way that we have recently and uh, you know extreme space travel isn't out of the question with world figures being able to figure out how to cooperate across the globe the world has the pooled resources to make incredible scientific discoveries especially in the deep ocean which we haven't even explored the majority of and so the deep vast caves of our planet could be mapped out uh, directly uh, understanding everything that is going on on this planet is very much so possible as a result of the changes that we're going to see during this time period and so once we utilize these technologies we can use materials from other planets to make discoveries about the universe that would not have been possible with the minor technological changes that we are making over time but this truly is uh, the fourth industrial revolution that is not a linear change this is incredibly exponential and in that all of the things that we're going to be able to do raveling around each other are incredible and something that were not possible even 50 years ago unimaginable i think this new age is approaching and that everything we do is going to become easier and faster and you know those who choose to adopt it are going to see the best age in the history of humanity and so we are going to figure out how to interact with our world from a perspective that is impossible with our modern infrastructure but we are establishing right now um, kind of the revolution 
uh, of ages to come are going to be shockingly advanced compared to what we're doing now. It is archaic that we're just figuring these things out, but essential in the progress of humans. And, you know, in history classes hundreds of years from now, people are going to talk about the beginning of the mobile phone revolution as if it were as archaic as the development of steel to us now. So these devices will be the constructs which we establish our world and society upon. So I think it's good to kind of speculate on which ones we want and what we want to look out for when we structure them and what we think we could possibly create because, you know, what is for sure is the speed which technology is moving is going to allow us to have much better lives in the future. Mm-hmm.